In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Are people glad when they see you coming? Well, in other words, um, do people run the other way when they see you coming? Well, I think when they see us coming, they do, just because we're always in that recruiting mode, and we're ready to ambush them and ask them to, to maybe do us a favor. But you know what? I want to think. I want to think. You okay? want to think <laughs> that our true friends, they, they embrace us. They, they, do, they are glad when they see us coming. Well, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we'll have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. don't forget, you can follow us on our Facebook and our Twitter. Okay, let's go back to the original question that you asked today. Are people glad when they see you? Well, wait. I thought this month we were talking about all things holy. Like last week, I loved it with Paul Young. He really hit the, the holy question, didn't he? Made you just stop and think. Yeah, we talked a lot about his book, Holy Crossroads, which fabulous book. And he is, as you know, the author of The Shack. And so that was a great kickoff for us on all things holy. And we are all about relationships, just like um, in, in his book with Crossroads. But that is one of the things that we are focusing on today with being holy in taking charge of your own life. So in other words, when we look at holiness, how do we have some holy res- resolution in our relationships? Well, and we truly want to encourage women in their relational leadership by constantly providing them with resources like our show, where we're constantly introducing them to guests um, that really can encourage and equip them in their relationships and navigating through conflict and tension so they can truly be an effective leader. Well, talking about equipping them, let's go for a few questions. When, When people see you, are they having a positive or a negative thought? Do you come across enthusiastic or apathetic? Are you a healthy or an unhealthy person? Well, I think those are words that we each need to go, okay, if I was looking at myself, not looking at my significant other, not looking at somebody across the table, because we tend to you know, divert the attention while it's their issue. But if we truly want to be holy, as like we've got to start looking at ourselves and evaluating, am I really a positive person? Am I enthusiastic? Am I healthy? Or am I, do I tend to be you know, negative? Do I tend to be very apathetic? And I, I think those words we really knew start, you know, having that dialogue with ourselves, the story we we're telling ourselves and go, how really am I being perceived and how really am I communicating and interacting with others? Well, this, we, this topic we've been um, really discussing a lot lately. Uh, what does it 
take to have that magnetic personality that people are really drawn to? Is this something you were born with or is it something that you learn? And we have come to the conclusion that anyone who wants to can become an attractive personality to others, that really people can want what we're having. I mean, obviously, we have Christ. So we, we do want that magnetic personality. Mm-hmm. We do want to draw people in. But we've identified two traits or skills that are attractive that you can cultivate and you can develop. And the first trait is self-confidence. And there's a there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. Because sometimes you look at someone and you go, okay, maybe just a little bit too much self-confidence. But usually that's because there's an arrogance that um, they're trying to impress others. Like Mm -hmm. we always laugh when someone will say, you know, I'm really funny or I'm really this. It's like if you have to tell people, then perhaps (laughs) maybe. Perhaps not so much. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're just trying to impress others um, while while others that are self-confident, they just, they could care less about impressing. They are just, they, they love, you know, they're, they're good with their own skin on and they don't really care if, if you don't like who I am, then that's okay. But there's just a self-confidence that, that comes across because they love people. Well, and I got to tell you, because we were talking about this a little bit yesterday and it really didn't impact me because I, I kind of walked away and last night I was even thinking about it, self-confidence and and, and the motive behind what we do, we do, are we really trying to impress others? Because I think it's so easy, especially as women, to get caught into that performance-driven state yes. and, and trying to impress and trying to outdo. And gosh, granted, our, you know, we look at our culture. We're bombarded by media and by image and performance and status and what is your platform. And it is so easy to get caught up in that. And so truly going back, going, I want to have a holy self-confidence that really is not about me, but is what God is doing through me and really believe that I am a person that God can use and what I do matters because I'm doing it for him. And so it's really starting to change our perception of just even ourself and how we um, interact. But when you said earlier about, you know, um, is this something we're born with or do we learn it? It really is a choice. It goes back to choices Mm -hmm. we make. We have to choose that I really do want to be a positive person. I want to be a holy person. I want to be enthusiastic. I want, it doesn't just happen naturally. A lot of times because so much of life and just a lot of other people. And one of the things, too, is who do you surround yourself with? Are people feeding you? Are you around a lot of negative people? Are you around a lot of apathetic people? Because we tend to kind of become who we're with a lot Mm -hmm. of times, too. Mm -hmm. Well, and that, that comes to the second trait or skill would be empathy. When, when you're around people and you have that self-confidence, one of the things that makes you, um, so likable is when you're having a conversation and you're empathetic to this person. It's, it goes back to the EQ that we did Mm -hmm. on on one of our shows where you, you can kind of read them and know, okay, my conversation, this dialogue that I'm having, I'm really the only one that's enjoying it. Yes. (laughs) This this person, not so much. Kind of a litmus test. (laughs) (laughs) And I I know it's a joke with us, um, as we are, you know, slowly getting out of our twenties, um, as we're we're getting a little older, um, where our parents, you know, as they sat around and they started like slowly talking about their ailments with their friends, I remember thinking, I will never sit around and talk about my ailments. And then you find yourself with a bunch of your girlfriends. I think going, you shared a couple with me just this morning. I'm not sure. And I think I shared a couple of mine. Are we becoming that person? And we keep saying, no, we're not going to become that person. But empathy is, is feeling those, those that are around you. And 
Um, when you're over here talking about your, your ailments and, you know, maybe the, the bump that you have on your toe and people are cringing and not feeling so good about it, you might want to change the topic. You really need to be aware of your conversations with people. I mean, I have, not to be mean, and, and this, and, you know, I guess I am pretty self-absorbed, so maybe my empathy isn't, <laughs> isn't as high, but I have been there at, at dinners. Entire conversations will, you know, an hour will be about somebody's hospital visit and goes into to great detail. And you do feel for that person because that's what's going on in their life, so that's what mm-hmm. they're sharing. But mm-hmm. sometimes we have to look at it and go, okay, am I, am I interested and, and am I Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, you're talking about this empathy and a couple of things that if, how do I know if I'm an empathetic person? And so it's like when you're like your side, when you're in conversation with people, find common interests or find something that the other person can speak intelligently on. Everybody's an expert on something, you know, so especially themselves. especially themselves. So asking questions, that is a lost art. We always talk about that. That's the thing because we love to ask questions. One of the reasons why we love doing radio, because we love asking questions. But when you are in just in conversations, individual conversations, or you meet somebody you're sitting next to them on the plane, we've had plane rides where we've sat next to somebody, we get off the plane and we can tell you their whole life story. Yes. And they, they still don't even know our name. Right. So it's, it's one of those things. And I love hearing people's story. Don't get me wrong, but you just go, then you wonder, you know, how this people, how this person is really with their relationships, because it is, it is given taken. It is really being interested in others and drawing them out. Well, and that's, that's such a good point, drawing them out. And, and like you said, um, being interested in them and what they're doing and then authentically praising them. I mean, people love to feel good about themselves. And I don't think that we praise each other enough to go, okay, that was really neat that you were able to accomplish that. Or I love how you said X, Y, and Z, or that's a really great thought. I mean, Mm -hmm. we don't finish their sentence with kind of reflecting on what they just said, Mm because we're so busy thinking about what we're going to say. So when you're really in the moment and you really are that active listening, then you're going to acknowledge their last sentence and maybe even reflect it back to them. This is what mm-hmm. I hear you saying, or that's, that's really cool. And all goes back to you want somebody to be glad that they were around you. And if you're constantly aware of that and, um, and, and just making other people, like you said, just feel good about who they are for that day, because we're, we're living in a culture that like, we're constantly getting beat up mm-hmm. for one reason or the other. So it's, it's so refreshing when you find somebody that, that believes in you or that brings something out in you. Well, we, we only have a couple of minutes here. So just going back to our traits would be the first trait is, is having that, that self-confidence. And like you said, holy self-confidence, because you want... in in Christ that is within you. And the second one is just the empathy, really having that EQ and um, being able to listen to the person that you're talking to. Okay. So if you are struggling with relationships, we want to give you just a a few holy holy resolution challenges since our theme is holy and we're talking about holy resolutions. And, And here's just a couple things that we kind of identify. Tell someone you appreciate their friendship. We and like you said earlier, we just we don't express gratitude enough. Um, another one is maybe randomly write something on a friend's Facebook wall as though it was their birthday, but you don't have to give the birthday greeting. <laughs> <laughs> and then just compliment a stranger. I know that's really hard, but this will stretch you out of your comfort zone. If you're in a store and be genuine with the the compliment, but let people know that you appreciate them and compliment someone on a blog or perhaps even their radio show. Oh, was that a little hint there? Is that a little hint? <laughs> you know what? In relationships are 
they are tough and there's no getting around it. They're uncomfortable. They're messy, all those things. But you know what? There are tools. Um, there is hope. And we really do have to get this right. Relationships, right? Because relationships really do matter. And we were wired and created for relationships. And that's why we're excited about today's show and our guest, Glenna Salisbury, who really is going to be giving us some tips and tricks and some encouragement and really how to navigate in our relational leadership. So we're going to take a quick break. And here's the deal for the day. Basically, we want you to get ready for a positively charged radio show focusing on holy resolutions with our guest, Glenna Salisbury. We will be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. The Mary Beth Wells Hour is a talk radio show where we reach out, reach deep, and talk about topics of substance. We'll cover points of interest, such as World War II and the Holocaust, the Vietnam War, the planets and the oceans, skydiving, rock climbing, and much, much more. Join me every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we delve into and discuss fascinating subjects. It's a program to pique your interest for sure. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Our special guest today is Glenna Salisbury, who is one of America's leading businesswomen. Glenna has appeared on Good Morning America and is a well-known author appearing in the New York Times bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul. She is also the author of her own bestseller, The Art of the Fresh Start, and has authored two devotional books, Heavenly Treasures and More Heavenly Treasures, as well as a book on the sovereign grace of God as seen in the life of Job. Welcome, Glenna. I'm so glad to join you, girls. Well, Glenna, I first, this is Lisa, I first met you several years ago when you spoke um, at a CBWA, Christian Businesswomen's Gathering, and it was, it was several years ago, just right after your book, The Art of the Fresh Start, came out. And I want you to know, I still have that book, complete with my yellow highlights. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, it was, 
and I, I do totally remember um, you. You're one of those speakers. I do remember you. You, you left, you marked me and left an impact that I remember you as a speaker. I also remember your book, which, which is timeless. So we are just really excited to have you on the show and just to hear your heartbeat and, and know that you have a lot to offer and to just encourage others in their relational leadership. Um, we're just going to jump right in because there's so many things that we can cover here. But when you speak and when you consult with businesses all over the, the country and the world, you stress four essential principles, which they're very simple, but yet they're very profound. And, and the four ones are be interested in others, ask questions and listen to the answers. Be willing to display enthusiastic support for others. And Patty and I call that cheerleading. Um, find ways to rekindle individual enthusiasm for life and work and help people expand their horizons for what might be instead of what is. Okay, we just said a lot. But how has your personal journey of your life propelled you toward these, these significant principles? Well, it's a great question, Lisa, and I was uh, enjoying the first part of the program as you were talking about what it is to be a magnetic personality. And I think the kickoff for me transformationally was I was 17 years old and I was writing a paper while I was in high school on my dad entitled My Most Unforgettable Character. And I interviewed him for this paper and I said to him, Dad, what's your purpose in life? And he said, my purpose in life is to make other people glad they saw me. Mm. And that just really stuck with me, and I could see that that was true in his life. He was kind of like a Pied Piper. He, people just wanted to be where he was. And I realized that he was doing much of what both of you were just talking about. He was always interested in other people. He was free from himself. He asked people questions. He found out where they were. He found out what they were interested in. And... And that's really what started me down the path of wanting to build relationships that would enhance other people's lives. So those four principles that we that you uh, that we read that you kind of identified that kind of came from just observing and watching how your dad interacted with people, and then they've kind of become something that you've adopted into your own sphere of influence. I think that's right. I think the next big issue, though, for me, having grown up in a, a very liberal church, I did not have a relationship with Christ. And at 21 years old as a senior at Northwestern University, I had my world transformed and in 24 hours really came to know the Lord. And mm -hmm. one of the things that got absolutely implanted by the Holy Spirit in me instantly was the fact that my desire to share the Lord with people was so overwhelming, but I also knew that they needed to be comfortable with me so that when I shared what I knew was eternal truth, that they could receive it. You know, that is such a good point because Patty and I talk a lot about it. It's like people have to be ready. We, ha we don't realize that we have to kind of set the stage. And it goes back to that EQ and how healthy are you with even in your relationship and relating with other people and communicating, you know, using your, your words, your tone, your body language, your eye contact, but really putting people at ease. And that really is an art. To, that's something you need to really develop. And each person needs to take that responsibility for themselves. Well, you know, I think that's true, Patty. One thing, though, I think that can get us into a bind 
is that we think that we need to choose to be all of that. Mm-hmm. And really, it's the aroma of the Holy Spirit that calls people. And I think one of the greatest gifts God can give us is giving us a desire to just grasp His grace in our own life. Because we'll never make ourselves holy. Mm-hmm. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And we can't lead anybody to Christ. Mm-hmm. Only the Holy Spirit can wake them up from the dead. And I think there's a huge relief if we see that's true. You know, Romans 3.11 says, No man seeks after God, no, not one. So if nobody ever seeks the Lord, then something else has to be going on. Mm-hmm. And when I grasp that, that it's not about me, then I truly can let go of preoccupation with how am I doing or am I connecting or am I doing all the right things. And then the winsomeness that God works in our lives becomes his work. And he's the one then who prepares hearts, of course. And I always like to think he puts us in places where there are lost sheep whose heart has been prepared. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, we absolutely are following you on that track. Because we just had this conversation yesterday, as a matter of fact. We were sitting with um, a bunch of girlfriends that are on our team, and we were talking about how exactly what you said. You can't lead them to the Lord. You can point them that direction. And that's where asking the right questions or maybe even waiting for them to ask the right questions rather than we're, we have this agenda. And we have oh, a temperament, yeah. obviously, like you, where we're overzealous sometimes in, our, in the relationships and so excited about Christ that we have a tendency to, that you, you do. You want so badly for them to have this peace that passes all understanding, and you want to, to share that with them. But in doing that... Um, maybe the Holy Spirit just hasn't prepared their heart for that. Oh, hey, it's so true. You know, here's the thing that I think we sometimes get bad teaching about, which is that you must go into all the world and preach the gospel, and it's your responsibility to do this. Well, that's not really the case. The Holy Spirit is the one who sends us. Mm -hmm. And some are sent to be evangelists, some teachers, you know, some pastors, some helping hands, some with a gift of mercy. It's not every believer's responsibility to preach the gospel, you know, to evangelize. Mm -hmm. And so I love the idea of living in expectation. And and you girls are talking about being on the airplane, and, and it's like the Lord just ordains my seat every time I get on an airplane. Mm. And and I love watching, you know, what he's doing. Recently I was on a, a U.S. air flight, and I was in row 15, and I was on the aisle seat, and the middle and the window hadn't gotten buckled up yet. They weren't there. So I was just watching people board. And I saw this guy get on, and he was about 330 pounds, and he was kind of the caricature of a Harley-Davidson rider. Not that there aren't wonderful Harley-Davidson riders, but he had the, the long hair and the ponytail and the tattoos and the earrings. And, and I knew instantly, looking at him, what? He's coming to my row. 
(laughs) (laughs) And, of course, he came down the aisle, and his girlfriend was behind him, and she went to the window, and he sat in the middle, and they'd been with another couple, and they'd all been in the bar for a long period of time. So they were having this four-letter word conversation, and I could not wait to see what the Lord was going to do. Mm, I love that. (laughs) I had my Bible out because I was getting ready to do a three-day women's retreat. And about an hour and a half into the flight, the girlfriend had to go to the bathroom. So Harley and I got up to let her out, and he went over and sat by the window. When she came back, she sat in the middle seat, and she hadn't been there one minute. She leaned over to me, and she said, can I ask you a personal question? Mm. And I said, sure. She said, do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? Wow. And I said, would you like to go to heaven? Mm. And she started to cry and said, yes, for four months. I've been trying to figure out what you have to do to go to heaven. She came to the Lord in 15 minutes. Well, I'm just on the airplane, but I know it's going to happen. I'm, I know, because he's one of the, the callings I have is to open my mouth and share the gospel. But I know he's bringing them to me, so I get to live in that freedom all the time. Well, and that, that's the thing, Glenna, is that all the people before you that planted those seeds, they mm-hmm. might not ever get to see her again to even know that they're going to see her in heaven. That's exactly right. And yet they might think, oh, I didn't do it. I wasn't bold enough or I didn't say the right things or, you know, I I messed up rather than going, no, I was just there to plant some seeds and God's going to move this person on to the next person. And you were able, I mean, you really had it easy. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And see, I think in line with what you're saying, that if we could see how easy it is, not I can be just the, the seed planter, absolutely. And you have no idea. I mean, I remember when I was in second grade, we had a second grade teacher. And in those days, you could do Bible school at school after class. She would hold a KYB club, Know Your Bible. And so in second graders, we'd sit there and she'd do flannel board. And I can still remember her putting a road up to the cross with (laughs) Jesus is the way. But I didn't become a believer until I was 21. Mm. And Miss Faw never, never knew, you know, that that was the difference. So I love Proverbs 16, 9, which says that a man decides in his head what he's going to do, but God directs your steps. Now, I think we don't believe that literally, but that's what the scripture says everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every single step. So if I'm standing in the grocery line next to somebody, that was my ordained place to be that day. Well, you know what? It goes back to what you said earlier, living in expectation of the movement of God. And you saw that so vividly on that plane ride. Well, it's time for a quick break as we interrupt our conversation with our guest, who is an author and speaker and a consultant, Glenna Salisbury. And a couple of things we want you to challenge you consider. Are you an interesting person and are you interested in others? We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
Plus is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright. Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Thanks for joining our conversation today with our special guest, author and speaker, Glenna Salisbury. It has been said about Glenna that her messages, though gentle and motivating, have a very strong accountability feel to it. One of your quotes, Glenna, is you are where you are because you haven't taken yourself someplace else. And she emphasizes... um, just that, that quote. Tell us a little bit more about um, that statement there, Glenna. And we want to get into also um, how you have no room for whining or self-pity. And we, we are all over that. So that, <laughs> that's, that's the questions. truth. <laughs> well, you know, you are where you are because you haven't taken yourself somewhere else is just kind of a succinct way of saying it's true. There are only three things you can ever do in your life, no matter if it's in a bad relationship, if you're sick, if you're in financial trouble, whatever your negative circumstances are, when you whine about them and carry on, I want to say, and let's just use the problem of big finances because lots of people face that. There are only three things you can ever do. You can either alter your financial situation, which might be, let's just say, sell your house and sell all your belongings and live in a pretty bare apartment. That's an altering situation. Or you can avoid the financial problem, let's just say, by choosing to get a second job. 
and say, this is what I have to do in order to pay my bills. Or three, you have to accept that which is difficult for the moment. For instance, if you've got a physical challenge, the reality is some have had to accept the fact they're going to lose their house because they couldn't do anything else. But what the whining goes away when you realize you made the choice to let your house go. Mm-hmm. That was your only choice out of three options. Mm-hmm. But if I remember my dad had a stroke when he was 79 years old, and he lived for five years after that and couldn't speak and couldn't walk. Mm. Now, my mother, who was 80 years old, had to make a decision. Could she alter the fact that he'd had a stroke? No. Could she avoid taking care of him? Yes, she could have put him in a facility. But she chose to accept the fact that this was going to be her calling with a man that had been faithful and loving to her for 55 years. Mm. And so rather than whine, you just say, this is where, based on what God has shown me in my options, I've chosen to be. And I often say, if you accept that which is difficult, you then have to be and see it. You have to build your strength physically, emotionally, spiritually, and see you have to change your perspective. You have to say it's not always going to be like this. Mm -hmm. But we think that we're trapped. I'm in this terrible job. I just can't stand my boss. I'm just so sick of blah, 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 blah. And I want to say, well, why don't you quit? When I say that in corporate America, sometimes they'll say, well, how can I quit? I've got a house payment and a car payment and two kids in college. Then I say, then I guess you're glad you've got this job. Then you should shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that is, you know what? People need to hear that, though, from other people, because it's so easy to get in that spiral of Mm self-pity. And then you surround yourself with others who will feed that and agree with that. And so sometimes you need somebody to go, stop it. You know? Exactly. I, I often say you need to practice the triple A, B, C formula. And of course, they don't know what that is. When I say it, they go, well, what do you mean? And I say, you have choices. Mm-hmm. If you're in a terrible relationship, you're being abused, or there's something really negative going on, you can alter it by going for counseling, potentially. And you say, well, we've already done that, and that didn't work. Well, then you've got two other choices. You can avoid the relationship by getting out of it, Mm -hmm. or you can accept the fact that you're going to hang in here and trust God and quit whining. What what do you say then, um, this has just been recent, where a, a friend who's in a relationship like that where they're claiming you know, it's abusive, but I think, I think some of it too is them not taking ownership on, on their part when they feel that, and this gets into legalism of, but I'm a Christian, I can't get a divorce. So it's that martyr. I have to be in this relationship. Then at what, what do you say to that? What I say is you've then chosen that. So you don't have any room to whine. If you've chosen to be in this abusive relationship because you don't think that a Christian should get a divorce, then you should quit whining. Or else. So how do you really feel, Glenna? (laughs) Glenna, we are are liking you by the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for one who got a divorce 
well, in the midst of being a very active Christian. I think that's really important to think through that. Okay, so this is such a topic right now. Um, how how did you go through that with the divorce and be in ministry so so deep? How, did that uh, did that affect you in your ministry? Yes, in a big way. And I'll never forget one of the letters that I got that clarified it for me. My girls were 12, 11, and 9 at the time, and I had been in ministry for about 17 years and married for 17 years. And I was the one that chose to get out of the relationship. And I had a speaker, a Christian speaker friend of mine, write me a letter. And she said, Glenna, how in the world could you justify getting a divorce when you know the Scripture as well as you do? And I wrote her back and I said, there is no way that I can justify getting a divorce. It's sin. By God's grace, he paid for my sin. Doesn't make it right, but it makes me forgiven. Mm -hmm. And that's where I chose to be. Well, Well, (laughs) what the big plus out of that, I got a lot of flack and I got thrown out of a lot of places. It was 1977, so you got thrown out easily. Uh, Oh, wow. (laughs) But here's the thing. God has opened up huge doors of ministry for me because I am empathetic, Mm -hmm. like you were talking about, and I am clear about the fact that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't have any claim to having made all the right choices or done all the right things in my life. Therefore, I don't have any place to stand in judgment on other people's lives. Mm. Which makes you um, so much more authentic as people are uh, dealing with this. And, and, you know, it goes back to, to being holy. We, we want to focus on, on all things holy. And sometimes that, that holiness, if God created us to love Jesus and love others, then there's so much focus on relationships and yet, if you're in a marriage, which in your situation where you your choice was divorce, look at all the relationships that were maybe destroyed because of of that decision. So Satan is having a heyday and is loving it rather than us just accepting that we are all sinners. And guess what? That was a choice that you had in your life. And like you said, you, you, you serve a God of mercy. And we can go on rather than having the relationships being destroyed. Exactly. And, you know, here's where I think we don't understand holiness. You know, the Greek word for holy is hagios, H-A-G-I-O-S, and it means to be set apart. It has nothing to do with my performance. Absolutely nothing. So when I really understand that holiness is what Christ has given me, 1 Corinthians one thirty says that Christ is our wisdom, our righteousness, our redemption, mm-hmm. and our sanctification. Mm-hmm. And the Greek word for sanctification is the same word as holy, hagios. Mm-hmm. Christ is my holiness. And the problem with sometimes what we hear in the Christian world gets us to focus on us trying to be what he already is in us. Yes. And, and when it, we see more of who he is, then we're, we're in the human sense, we're holy 
happier in that mm-hmm. we're free to walk in grace and mercy. But we want to focus on the rules because the yes. rules are going to make us a better person. And yet what happens is those rules is truly what separates us from each other because now I'm going to judge you. I, right. I, I literally had a situation where a friend couldn't be in another friend's wedding because it was her second marriage and her ex-husband had not been married prior to. So according to the rules, she couldn't get married yet. So her best friend couldn't be in the wedding. But that severed that relationship for the last 20 years. Exactly. Do you know what's happened to me is I've had some of the same people who 25 and 30 years ago just wanted to cut me off at the ankles Mm-hmm. have their own kids who were believers go through divorces and mm-hmm. they themselves have had to face some ugly circumstances mm-hmm. and have them write to me and say, oh my gosh, mm. now I get what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think sometimes until we've had to walk through some tough stuff ourselves, it's pretty easy to judge other people. Yes. And we are so quick to judge other people. And what we don't understand, we, we criticize. And we don't take the time to really understand and to dive into that. And, in, and even understanding the nature more of God and how he would respond, we're so quick to respond from the flesh. That's really right. And, you know, I think part of that is that we forget that the Lord is not predictable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, you know, sometimes people wearing the what would Jesus do bracelet, I'm going, you have no idea what Jesus would do. Mm. You have no idea. I'm thinking that when Jesus forgave the woman who was caught in adultery in the middle of the street, that the people who believe in holiness would have had trouble with that. <laughs> hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we, so we still want to put God in that box, in a box. Yes, that's right. And we don't know how he, the Lord is, is doing what he doesn't live by rules. <laughs> you know? Well, you know what? And on that note, we're going we're gonna to take a, a break really quick and come back to our discussion and time with you as we kind of wrap up our time. And um, just talking about even the freedom and loving and just being holy and it's not about performance. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Great. This is Girlfriend on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Ministry is filled with both highs and lows. 
victories, and struggles. It can be the best job of the world, but it can also be the hardest. Where do you find the balance between serving God and the joy of truly knowing Him? Wellspring, Tending the Heart of Ministry with Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central. Join us each week as pastor's wife, best-selling author, and host Joanna Weaver interviews women who serve God from the heart, both those who are well-known and those who minister in less visible ways. You'll discover tools for the ministry, but more importantly, you'll learn how to give God access to the deep places in your heart. For ministry is more than what we just do in public. It is who we are in private. Wellspring is here to inspire you to look into your heart of hearts and invest in the place ministry truly begins. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So join us for an hour that just might change your life. It's Wellspring, tending the heart of ministry with host Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Togedad.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, Glenna lives her life and runs her business from the inside out with an unwavering faith and a keen ability to listen and act on her intuition. She rejects conventional wisdom, which we absolutely love, (laughs) and conventional paths, a pattern that started early in her life and picked up steam as she went along. There's a quote from you, Glenna, if you're really successful, you're not part of the pack. You're one of a kind. Daring to be one of a kind requires courage and self-knowledge in leadership and in life. Can you unpack that a little bit more for us? I'd love to. You know, I think a couple of things that are really practical helps that I learned this raising three daughters, and that is to ask yourself the question, what are five values by which I live my life in order to have a happy life. And when I say values, I don't mean abstract things like integrity or honesty. If you had five things functioning in your life, and only five, what would the most important ones be? And and I discovered this when my, my oldest daughter graduated from UCLA, and she was being interviewed by Xerox. And she was on her third interview. And she came home, and I said, wow, how'd it go? And she burst into tears. And I said, what's the matter? She said, I don't want to work for them. I don't care about competition, and I don't care about money. (laughs) (laughs) You can't very well be in sales (laughs) and and not have some interest in competition and enjoy making money. But the long and the short of it was I said to her, well, let's sit down and see if we can figure out what is important to you. And she said, after some discussion, number one, faith. Number two, family. Number three, structure. Number four, control. Number five, leisure. Now, I would never in my life have thought of the word leisure. But that's important to her. She went back to graduate school, and she teaches preschool She gets her summers off. She's raised her three kids. She has lived with controlling the classroom. Mm -hmm. She's what's predictable in structure. She's Mm -hmm. in full-time Christian ministry with her husband. She is living her values. 
And my middle daughter, same thing. My youngest daughter, when I got to my youngest daughter, she said, faith, family, risk, challenge, and adventure. She married a South African, moved to South Africa, lived there 14 years. He was in the surfing industry and, and bought the rights to Quicksilver Roxy. And so they lived in the world of, of, in a, a third world culture, driving on the left side of the road, raising <laughs> your kids there when there was lots of reason to live in fear. Yes. Now, if my oldest daughter had to have lived in South Africa with the stress that comes from being out of control mm-hmm. and no structure, she'd be a wreck. A wreck. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think the biggest gift we can give ourselves is to say, am I living congruently with what matters to me? Mm-hmm. If I'm telling somebody that faith is important to me, how much time do I spend actually experiencing the Lord day after day? Mm-hmm. If I say I'm interested in my case, I say faith, family, learning, a sense of purpose, and knowledge. That's that's my so I have to take time out to read and study or I'm not happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so and some people might say fishing is on their list. That's great. But if you're not fishing, you're stressed. Yeah. Or some people might say travel. Well, do you have a trip planned? And so to live congruently allows us then to live authentically. But if we say that faith and family, let's just say, are really important, but you're working 18 hours a day and not spending any time with your family, then I'm thinking money's more important to you. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, so that is such a great question to ask yourself. Am I living congruently with what matters? But then, like you said, taking the time to go, what does matter? How do I consolidate into five words? And I appreciate that you gave us like your daughters and your, cause sometimes you go, okay, what do you mean by it? what? Are, what would those look like? But even as you shared yours and stuff it's like, okay, yeah, I can see that being one of my values, but then how are you living it out? And so many times we are, we're not living our lives authentically because we're not living our values. And that's a great way of putting that. It's a great exercise to challenge each one of us to really take the time to do that. But just like you said, some people don't know how to even do that exercise. They don't know themselves well enough to be able to put what they value in five words. Mm-hmm. They really don't know, I, I might be adventurous. I might like to travel. They've just become so complacent that they don't even know really what they're passionate about. Well, in that That's case, true. Say, um, I, we learn yeah. a lot from other people, like even asking somebody that knows us, what do you see in me that I can't see? Absolutely, and I think to repackage the question is, when am I the happiest? What am I doing when I'm the happiest? Like, I can tell you in a second, I am the happiest when I'm studying the Word of God. Now, mm-hmm. that, that has nothing to do with commitment. It has, it's because that's what makes me happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Skiing does not make me happy. It's too cold, and I don't like that. But if you just ask what really makes me happy, animals make my middle daughter happy. I mean, when I asked her on her list was freedom and animals among faith and family and independence. And she didn't get married till she was 40. 
and she's always had animals. Mm. Well, I, mm. animals are an inconvenience to me. <laughs> <laughs> but in other words, you have to be able to laugh at yourself and give yourself permission. Like some people, if they paint, they're happy. Mm-hmm. You know, artistry, whether it's or painting the, the living room, what is it that makes you happy? And then yeah. the, go ahead. Uh, well, I think too, in asking yourself that, that sometimes that's even your pathway, and this is going to sound very new agey, but that's your pathway to worship as well. That is where you um, see God and can really sense his presence the most. Like when you mentioned skiing, when I go skiing, I am just God is everywhere. It's just, I feel exactly. like he literally has his arms around me. And that is the coolest worship time I can, you know, I just feel like I'm having this conversation and he's right there on the ski slopes. Whereas like you said, it's too cold and you might not be feeling the presence of God. Right? That's right. But you know what? It supports what you're just saying is Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord. And he gives you the desires of your heart. It mm. doesn't mean he gives you what you want. It means that he gives you your wants. Like you love to be in that snow and that beauty and that blue sky and sparkling snow. That's what you want. That's your desire. So to trust what he's put in us, mm-hmm. that's huge. And it's a great way to discover your calling also. How do I know what my calling is? What do you love to do? Mm-hmm. And he and- created that desire in you, he created you in his image to want those things and to have those desires in the first place. It all Absolutely. comes. Absolutely. And sometimes we deny ourselves. We think that's a being spiritual to, to deny because I, I, I should suffer a little bit to follow right. the Lord. And, and we play that game instead of going, you know, this is how God truly wired me. And this is how I experience his pleasure and his presence. And that's, that's okay. right. And I'll tell you another word that I think helps us identify this. What are you compelled to do? I love the fact that Paul, the apostle in 1 Corinthians 9, 16, and 17 says, I preach the gospel against my will. Hmm. I'm compelled. In other words, who wants to sign up for shipwrecks and being stoned and left for dead regularly? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... He was so driven by the power of the Holy Spirit in him to share the gospel, to go on the road, to travel, to risk his life. He wasn't doing it out of being committed to Jesus. And he says, if I was doing it because of that, God owes me. He says, if I was voluntarily doing this, then God's my debtor. Now, that's huge. Mm-hmm. You know? to realize I get to just discover what I can't help myself for doing. And and there uh, are some people who, you know, they serve the homeless, and, and they've got such a heart for it, they could think of not doing that. Well, you, Glenna, you have just put so many things out there to, to keep us thinking. And we, we, again, we just want to thank you for your time today and just virtually being able to sit here at the table with a cup of coffee and having you be our girlfriend. And we know our, our listeners have appreciated that as well. But how can our listeners find you and learn more about your heartbeat and organization? Well, they can email me directly, instantly at I speak for you. It's I 
S-P-E-A-K, the number four, the letter U, at AOL.com. Or they can order materials from my website, which is Glenna Salisbury, G-L-E-N-N-A, Salisbury is S-A-L-S-B-U-R-Y.com. And I have lots of products and books and tape albums and CD albums. But I would love to hear from listeners, and I write a weekly devotional. So if anybody just emails me, I will put you happily on my Monday devotional each week called Heavenly Treasures. Well, we have so appreciated you just sharing your time with us and and sharing so many great um, tips and and encouragement and just the practical how-tos. And um, as we we just kind of go into this, like, you know, we said earlier, our theme is just holy, being set apart. And it's not about the performance, like you've reiterated. It truly is just embracing the presence of God and finding where he delights in you and where you delight in him and living that intentionally. And we just appreciate you just sharing uh, just authentically your life and your heartbeat. And um, we just want to challenge just our listeners and, and really where do you find God's presence and where are you delighting yourself and what really what makes you happy and taking the time to actually do that. And we're going to post some things on our website at girlfriended.com and they will be able to find more information about you, Glenna. So um, again, thank you. And, my joy, uh, my joy, and, uh, and the Lord bless both of you and all that you're doing. Well, and we'll be talking again soon, I'm sure. But um, again, we just want to challenge everyone to go out there and just to enjoy the presence of God and just embrace the, that gift of holiness that God allows us to join Him in His presence. And you've been listening to Girlfriend at Radio. More information about our show and this conversation at our site. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 